0: Our topic of the day for the next the next two lessons we're going to have is humility uh, and humility is uh, something that again we see and we 're going to look at some other passages, uh, just kind of a brief snapshot of this in jesus's life uh, but it's something I think we all understand uh is something that God expects from his people, and that 's really what we 're going to be looking at in developing what that is and some examples of that and, and those type things today. But if you were to just look up the definition of, of humility, uh, you you will see this idea of low-lying, uh, something below something else or, or laying low, lying low. Uh, it's always used in a good sense in the New Testament. Uh, this, this idea of being lowly or low-lying uh, is used in a good sense. It's never talked about in a in a way, or, or as something that God's people should not be, or as a negative attribute or character trait, it's always something good. Uh, it's something that that we should be striving towards, having uh, something that should be who we are. You'll also, besides low-lying, you'll see cast down. You'll see lowly, lowliness of mind, etc. And, and we understand that. It, it's basically, if you're going to look at the opposite of what humility is, you're, it's going to be the opposite of pride. It's the opposite of arrogance it's the opposite of haughtiness it's the opposite of self-righteousness it's the opposite of of putting yourself first of high-mindedness all those things is that's the total opposite of what humility is and so you know we understand that but it's good just to talk about the actual definition and and from a practical point what it is and was it what it isn't uh the first the first uh passage I wanted to read, I've got a lot of reading uh, in this lesson, and I've, I think I've put most of the verses on my paper so that uh, we can get through them, but uh, it's Psalms 138. Psalms 138. We're just going to read all eight verses of this psalm, and you know we're just kind of looking a little bit at what uh, humility is in these next few passages and, and just kind of painting a picture of it. It says, I will, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried out, thou answered me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And so, you know, obviously verse 6 is the key verse that goes along with our topic there. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Okay, so we can see God's attitude towards lowliness or humility versus pride there. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse, or Proverbs or verse 34. Uh, you know, the Proverbs are just snippets a lot of times of of good godly wisdom and, and pictures of what God wants. So Proverbs three thirty four it says, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. And then in Proverbs eleven two it says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 16.9 Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 29.23 A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And remember you know the passage that talks about seven things the lord the Lord hates one of those is a proud look, you know again, the opposite of humility so just just verses, and you can go on and on and on finding verses like this there 's plenty of these that 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 teach us and show us what God wants in us. He wants us to have this humility this this attitude of humbleness, He wants us to be devoid of pride and not have that pride uh, in ourselves because it 's something that that leads to a lot of things uh, that, that are not good in His sight. It's also interesting to me that, you know, we studied the fruits of the Spirit uh, a while back, and humbleness is not said to be a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it's not really mentioned, but but you can see through all these verses and through what we're going to talk about uh, today that, that it really is also part of uh, what God is expecting of us. You know, if I had to define... Uh, humbleness or humility, I guess in my own words, or kind of say what I think it is, to me it's an attitude that permeates all that we do. It's, it's how we carry ourselves. Uh, it, again, it, it, it's in every aspect of our dealing with uh, one another, dealing with uh, friends or people of the world, dealing with, with everything that we do. Uh, humility should be something that, that is is who we are. It's in... It's in all of our actions and all of our attitudes. as how we carry ourselves. And so, uh, the, you know, it's really important to realize this, like a lot of things we talked about in the fruit of the Spirit and, and other things like this, it really goes back to our mind or our attitude. Uh, and so as we think about that, let's realize that that's what it is. It's, it's an attitude that leads to uh, certain actions. Turn to uh, number 16, the book of Numbers. Chapter 16, this is uh, just going to be a, an example or two of humility. Again, I think you could find uh, quite a bit of these throughout the Scriptures, New and Old Testament, if you wanted to. But this one pops into my head when I think of, of humbleness or meekness or lowliness. Uh, and this is Moses uh, when... Korah is, is rebelling against God and, and rebelling against Moses. In chapter 16, 1 through 5, it says, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abram, the sons of Elab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up bef- before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, rip. Representatives of the congregation, men of renown. "'And they gathered together against Moses and Aaron "'and said to them, "'You take too much upon yourselves "'for all the congregation's holy, every one of them, "'and the Lord is among them. "'Why then do you exalt yourselves "'above the assembly of the Lord?' "'So when Moses heard it, he fell on his face, "'and he spoke to Korah and all his company, saying, "'Tomorrow morning the Lord will show you who is his.' and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him that one whom he chooses he will cause to come near to him and so you can keep reading this story but basically you know we've we've read it not too long ago on uh... uh another class i believe but basically you've got, you know, these, I guess, higher ups in the nation of Israel rebelling against Moses, saying, Hey, why are you why are you saying you're the one that has to lead us? Uh, you know, we're just as important as you. And what is Moses' response? To me, it's a response of humility. He bows his face to the earth. You know, he he doesn't haughtily respond to them. He doesn't uh respond to them in anger. He he bows himself humbly and responds to them, the Lord will show you. Who's the one he wants leading? The Lord will answer this question. Uh, And so, uh, to me, that's Moses making himself humble. He's basically letting God be the one who exalts him, ultimately, is how it plays out if you read the rest of that chapter. Uh, And so, I thought that was a good example for us to think about when we talk about humility. Uh, Oftentimes, humility is something like a lot of, of what we studied uh, in the fruit of the spirits, oftentimes humility and the, and, and similar uh, character traits and attitudes like that are things that we have to apply when it's a uh, harder or difficult situation, uh, and and that makes it challenging for us. So it, that's why I think God wants us to be reminded of those things and reminded, remind ourselves that that's who we're supposed to be, so that when these more challenging times come, uh, like this situation with Moses. Uh, we're able to maintain that attitude of humility that He expects us to have and let Him be the one uh, who exalts, not ourselves. Jesus, of course, as we just sung in that song, uh, was a good example of humility for us to look at and for us to mimic. Um, In Zechariah 9.9, there's a prophecy about Him. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So here the prophet is describing Jesus, uh, and one of the things in that passage is humble. And we see that again, Jesus saying that about himself. I am Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, uh, 28. Through 30 <clears throat> it says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and so there jesus is describing himself as gentle and lowly in heart this this is the attitude we're talking about we're supposed to mimic flip over to philippians chapter 2 Philippians chapter 2, again talking about Jesus, uh, verses 5 through 8. And we'll look at some more verses there a little bit later. But Philippians 2, starting in verse 5, says, Let your, uh, that's the wrong chapter, 2 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Okay, and so we'll look at, at some more verses following that in a little bit, but again, just want to point out this is who we're imitating, this is our Savior. Uh, Paul here tells us in verse 5, let this be our mind that we humble ourselves, uh, that, we are, uh, that we have this attitude of humility, that we are a humble people. And this, this idea of humbleness and humility, I was thinking about it more this morning. It really kind of goes a couple of different ways. You know, on one hand, we're going to look at some verses uh, that talk about our humility, like what we just read in, in Philippians that us being humble is part of what's required and part of how we submit to God. That we won't submit to God if we don't have this humble attitude. If we're proud people, if we have pride, uh, we're going to have trouble submitting to God. And so that's one side of this humbleness. The other side uh, is in our dealing with, with, again, what we talked about at the beginning, our dealing with one another, our dealing with people, how we carry ourselves, uh, our attitude that we put forth, and, and all that also plays into what humility is and so there's there's kind of two sides of it and both i think we can easily see uh, are required f- for us to be faithful to god turn to matthew 23 in verse 12 matthew 23 12 we looked at moses and jesus you know as as examples of humility uh, we we're going to look at a few passages now that show us that as christians god's children those who have uh, Made a commitment to be faithful to him, to do all that he says to do to become who he wants us to become. Uh, again, part of who he wants us to become are humble people. And we want to look at a few verses that just lay out these commandments, really. Matthew 23 12. 23, 12. It says, And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, If you look at 11, it should have read 11 also. It says, But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so here, again, a snapshot or just kind of a picture uh, uh, in between this, this message that Jesus is teaching about the Pharisees, and he's saying don't exalt yourself. Be the humble one, be the lowly one. Uh, Don't put yourself or think yourself as being greater or more important or better than anyone else. Uh, If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. If you exalt yourself, you won't be found uh, pleasing to God. Look back a couple pages to Matthew 18. and verse 4, same thing. Says therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. All right. So again, that, that's picking up picking up in the middle there. But but this idea of humbling ourselves, I think this is talking about really more towards humbling ourselves towards God uh, and towards His teachings and His commandments. Uh, but again, we see Jesus saying that we have to humble ourselves as uh, this little child, and we will be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. All right, turn to James chapter 4. Again, looking at commandments for us or things that teach us that Christians have to be humble and what that looks like. Uh, and this is going to be more along the lines of humility in our dealing uh, with one another and with other people in difficult situations, those type of things. We're going to read the whole chapter. Uh, James chapter 4. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law but a judge. And there is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? "'Come now, you who say, "'Today or tomorrow we will go into such-and-such such town "'and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. "'Yet that appears for a little time and then vanishes. "'Instead you ought to say, "'If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. "'As it is, you boasting, your arrogance. "'All such boasting is evil. "'So whoever knows the right thing to do "'and fails to do it, for him it is sin.'" So you can pick out through there really both both sides of the coin. I said before I read that it was mainly in the, in our our the way we carry ourselves and deal with other people, but really it's both sides of of humbleness and humility there uh is how we deal with other people and our attitude in submitting to God. you know James starts out uh talking about quarrels and fights among you and and passions that war within you and wanting things that we shouldn't want, and being uh in love with the world and wanting those worldly things. And then he says the answer to that is to humble yourself before the Lord. Don't be a proud people. Be a humble people. Submit yourselves to God. Uh, he says, be wretched and mourn and weep. Uh, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And so, <clears throat> you know, James is telling us there that's the first part of this. Humbling ourselves before God to be obedient to him Uh is the answer to part of this question he poses at the beginning? As you continue to read through there, you see this picture of of, of them fussing and fighting and and speaking evil against one another. And, and James brings out this point, you know, that there's one judge and one lawgiver, and to be careful that you don't try to make yourself the lawgiver. That you simply be humble before God, be humble in, in your dealings with folks, uh, and you know, let God be the one who uh, does the exalting. Let God be the one uh, who has the glory. Let God be the one who describes the, the law and the right things uh, that He expects. Uh, you know, besides the fact that it's commanded uh, in some of these verses that we just looked at, we see it being commanded that we be humble people uh, towards God and towards one another. It's really important. Um as I've been saying and for us to maintain the proper perspective uh towards humility and and how that plays a big part in us getting along uh and growing together and how we how if we don't have this humility that we're supposed to have it's going to it's going to keep us from growing uh together as brethren, from growing individually as Christians, it, it, it messes up really the whole picture uh, if we don't keep humility and, and humbleness as a core part of who we are. Romans chapter 12 speaks to this a little bit. Romans 12, starting in verse 16, says... <clears throat> Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord." To the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him, and if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So here, when I read this, um, you know, I think of what we read in Moses uh, earlier in Korah, you know, and how Moses was simply fine with letting God be the one to show who was the right one, And, and we can be the same way. Uh, in situations similar to that. Uh, And so, you know, I think that 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 passage and thinking about what we saw with Moses and thinking about what we're supposed to be today all ties together in my mind. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. It says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, and a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to do this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn from evil and do good, and let him seek peace and pursue it. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good, uh, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Okay, so again, kind of the same thing I was I was trying to put together with Moses and and with what we read in Romans. Here I feel like you see the same thing. You know, he starts off Peter saying, All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. And and as you keep reading through that, you see this picture of us as Christians being uh, holy and being righteous and being required to be that way. And when trouble comes, verse 15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you, for a reason for the hope that is in you. And so be able to uh, defend uh, your beliefs and your position and your trust and your faith in God, but do it with gentleness and with respect. Do it with humility. Do it with the right attitude uh, so that you can have a good conscience, so that when you're slandered, people talk bad about you. they re- It really won't stand. It won't hold water because... They know and can see the way that you have lived. They see the way you carry yourself. They see the way you deal with one another. Uh, and it will put them to shame. And so, again, just just tying all of those things together. Flip over a couple pages to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. This this passage really uh, speaks pretty strongly to me about how much uh, humility and humbleness should be a part of a Christian's uh, demeanor and who he is. It says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Okay, and so this idea of clothing ourselves with humility. All right, if we're clothed with something, what is that? People are seeing that, right? People see what you wear and so i think that's what uh, peter is saying there. that's how he is describing how much humility and humbleness should be as a part of us you know people should be able to see that from the outside um, because we're clothed in it <clears throat> so if we're gonna you know make application of this we've been doing that all all along the way um, but but just to kind of draw these points together again i I believe this this idea of humility and humbleness is something that is that is an attitude. It's something that permeates all that we do. It's something we must be clothed in, and I think, at least me personally, uh, I have found that it's something that that I struggle with, and I feel like I've seen, you know, this play out time and time again in my life and in other people's life. That it's something that that we struggle with when uh, things. Are either going really good for us and we become haughty and think we've got it all figured out or also when things are going terribly bad for us and we'll tend to lash out at times and 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 not carry this humble spirit uh, that we should have and so you've got to guard for it at at both extremes really Uh, you can't become haughty and proud when things are going really good for you and when things are going really bad you can't lose that humility uh, and, and lash out in ways that aren't gentle, in ways that that aren't kind because, again, that that's uh, not who God wants us to be. And so it can be a struggle, at least it has been for me, both ends of that, and, and we have to guard uh, for that. You know, we can easily become haughty or overconfident or prideful when things are going really good for us. You know, we can... Say, hey, look, look at me. I got this going on. I, I'm doing these things. It's working. Look how well I'm doing. You know, I've got this figured out. And, and that, when we start to think that way, uh, we're drifting away from the attitude that God wants us to have, uh, and it can cause us uh, problems. And also, you know, when, when situations get difficult or we have to work through difficult situations, you know, we can sometimes become prideful, or at least I have. Uh, we can become overconfident. Uh, it could become arrogant in how we approach the situation. Uh, and none of this is really helpful. None of this is, is the attitude God wants. It's, you know, when we when we lose this humility and replace it with pride or overconfidence or arrogance, we're replacing it with simple attitudes, things that aren't spiritual, things that are carnal attitudes, and, and these are not things that God is pleased with and they're not things that help uh, yourself or anyone around you, really. All right, so turn back to Philippians. All right, in Philippians chapter 2, we read part of that Uh, earlier. We read, I believe, 5 through 11, uh, talking about Jesus, you know, Uh, Paul starting off saying have this mind uh, which is the mind of Jesus and then talks about uh, how he humbled himself to be obedient to God. And then in verse 12, we're going to pick up, we didn't read this part. Uh, Verse 12, Paul says, Therefore, so he's drawing this conclusion from what he's been saying, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so the conclusion you know, that Paul's making there from, from bringing up Christ as an example, telling us that's the mind we need to have, the conclusion he's making there, uh, is to have this humble attitude of obedience, the same one that Christ had. Uh, <clears throat> that we are obedient to God, that we maintain this attitude of humility uh, without grumbling or disputing, and and that if we do that that makes us blameless and that makes us innocent in his sight you know children of god without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights and so again tying all this together trying to make application of uh how we're supposed to be humble and people and have this humility turn to second corinthians chapter 10 second corinthians chapter 10 you know here paul is uh still he's writing to the corinthians he's still getting on to them some uh and i just want just kind of i don't think we got time i was going to read 1 through 18 but but as you read this you kind of get a picture of paul's attitude towards them. Of. of of trying not to be haughty towards them, but being humble. He says, I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold when I am away. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show such boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh." Okay, and so here, you know, he's, he's going back and forth here. He's saying, I entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. He's pleading with them, entreating them. Verse 2, I beg of you that when I'm present, I may not have to show you boldness. You know, he is begging of his brethren to do good. Uh, he's begging them to consider the things that he's saying. You know, to think about that and to see and understand. <clears throat> begging them to change and, and to become uh, who he wants them to become. Uh, look in... You know, and I just you can read that later on, 1 through 18, but just pay attention to Paul's attitude there, you know, this idea of begging, beseeching, imploring. Uh, you know, that's how much he loved the Corinthians. He, he wanted them to do right. He was, he was willing to put himself in a lowlier position to beg them to do right. Uh, you also see in that passage, uh, Paul mentions his boasting and his confidence, but what is it in? It's in God. It's in the power and the knowledge of God. Uh, it's not in himself. And so, you know, this idea of making oneself lowly to plead with another person or implore another person to consider what God's saying and to do what God's saying, you know, that, that is not... It, it's okay to do that. It's okay to, to, to do that uh, and to put yourself in this lowly position and rely on God to be the one that's exalted. Boast in his knowledge. Boast in his power. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter 2. Starting in verse 10, 2 Peter 2.10 says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak of you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. And so, again, here's Peter doing the same thing, urging uh, these people to put away these fleshly things uh, and to do spiritual things so that they will be pleasing to God. Um you know, and again, we're, just, we're trying to look at a picture of how did the apostles uh, talk with Christians then and write to Christians then uh, in dealing with problems and, and, and relate that to how are we supposed to do that. Galatians chapter 6, uh, we've looked at this passage a lot of times. It says, Brothers, if anyone's called in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own works, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. Okay, so again, verse 3, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Maintain this attitude of humility. Maintain this attitude of humbleness. Let God be the one who uh, exalts us and and God's truths and God's teachings uh, be the thing that is exalted. Um, You know, that's really all that I had. Um, You've got Jude chapter 1 verses 20 through 23 that we've read that uh, a lot of times, but you beloved building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire, and to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. And so there you've got Jude, again, kind of laying out different ways that problems are dealt with or that uh, people are rebuked or admonished or, or, or you know, tried to be corrected. And so you got to put all of these pieces together in the puzzle to see... Uh, what it is that God wants us to see. And remember that passage we read uh, and how Peter described this attitude of humility as something that we're clothed with, something that can be seen from the outside. is something uh, that shows how we carry ourselves, that people can understand that about us when they see the actions that we have. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about humility uh, and some of these passages we, we looked at this idea of humbling ourselves in the sight of the Lord uh, and really that's where <clears throat> that's where a person first becomes a Christian is at that decision to humble themselves in the sight of God. Until that point, until someone actually decides to humble themselves before God and submit to God and do the things God says, there's there's no hope for them. There's no way that person can have salvation because they're unwilling to submit to what God says must be done to have that salvation. Uh, and so as we think about humility, as we think about uh, how that should be a major part of who we are and of our lives, uh, let's let's be sure that we are clothed in it. If we've never submitted to god uh the first time to become a christian i've never made that decision then certainly need to consider doing that and i urge you to do that i beg you to do that uh, just like the apostles did because that is an an important step that that has great rewards and uh, is be the best thing you've ever done um uh, for this life and for the life to come if there's those here who uh, may have at times struggled with humility uh, like myself then I urge you to do better with that you know repent from that turn towards being a more humble person and having a more humble attitude into putting away pride and arrogance and all those things that trip us up and cause us to not be who God wants us to be uh, and and he can help help you do that through reading the scriptures and, and studying and understanding who his son was and, and the things that we are supposed to mimic uh, in that. So anyway, we offer the opportunity for any of those needs or any other needs that someone may have uh, to let that be known as we stand and sing uh, the song that's been selected. Sinner
1: Jesus will receive sound this word of grace to all who
0: the heavenly path